Oops. Sorry. I made a mistake on here. Press the wrong button. Good. We're live. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome just to family. Let's start with some comedy. I started recording and then had to re-input some information. So we are now live. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator, and founder of not only just a live TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Network. Um, today we're talking about what motivates you. Our sponsor today is a Phoenix Identity. Once you learn how to control your emotions, you can then learn how to control the rest of your life. So go and check out that link, the Embrace Your Positivity Guide, introducing the Rockstar Method. Go and check it out, link in the description. I'm going to hand it over to our guest speaker to introduce themselves. Jay, would you like to say hello? Of course, I would like to say hello. First, before I say hello, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your platform. But yes, how you guys doing out there? I'm Jay Haleem Washington. Just call me Jay Haleem for short. Um, author, business coach, business consultant, a whole bunch of other things, serial entrepreneur, but all around good guy. You know, um, again, we're here to talk about motivation. I got a lot of it, you know, um, always add inspiration with it as well, because motivation goes, goes and comes real quick. You know, it's like going to church and they pump you up, you know, you ready to do everything. But once you go back out there to the devil, <laughs> You know, you forget that you've been in there for those two hours. So we want to inspire individuals as well. Sometimes that inspiration takes you a whole lot further than just being motivated for a short period of time. Yep. Um, I had a, a coach of my own at one point tell me that, you know, motivation isn't what you strive for. It's why you're doing it, right? When you realize why you're doing something and what's pushing you to do it, that's really what creates the motivation. And I think that goes hand in hand with the inspiration, right? Um, you and I were talking about it in the pre-screening. And one of the things is a lot of people, when they're feeling unmotivated, it's because they're stuck in all of the, oh, this happened or this happened or this is happening. And life just gets in the way and it drags you down and, and you experience things that might hold you back or you think are holding you back. When in reality, you know, those things should be pushing you forward. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, I totally agree. I mean, a lot of times we're in a situation where the, the thing is the motivational piece, a lot of people can't take it with them. So it's easy to say like my kids motivate me because you get to come and see them and they're coming with you on the journey. So whenever you're in a tight spot, you can look at them and say, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And we don't have that. We get that one little thing. Maybe it's a television show. Maybe you heard somebody on social media and now it's like, okay, no, no, that's not good enough. It's not strong enough. It feels like it's strong, but once you go out there, it's not strong enough. But looking in that kid's eyes, looking back into some of the bad things that happened in your life, knowing where you came from is motivation to not go back. So you got to have something in your pocket. I even say with your passion, put your passion in your pocket like your driver's license. You know, always have to pull it out um, all the time. But when you do, it's important times. You know, you pull your, your, your driver's license out when you're buying something of importance. When you got to get pulled over by the cops, I mean, it's <laughs> but it's always those times to get you over the hump. You can't get something important unless you pull that identification out. 
That passion does the same thing. Sometimes we kind of put the cart before the horse. So we need to know where passion, motivation, inspiration lies in our life and where to put them at so we can actually use it properly. Yep. I get pulled over because I'm a speeder. (laughs) (laughs) I have a sport. I have a a Ford Explorer and it's got sport mode. I like to go fast. (laughs) You're you're recording. Remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I I do the speed limit. Um, I did speed limit. Ignore everything I just said. I do the speed limit. No, uh, but I look like I drive a cop car. So it's quite funny because yeah, I, I, I have like a white Ford Explorer. So it's, it's entertaining. My kids always say, mom, you look like a cop. And I'm like, good. <laughs> People will get out of my way then. Exactly. Um, just jokes aside. Yeah. It, passion is, is super important, right? Um, I like to find there, there's things that are going to make us passionate no matter where we are in life, no matter what we're doing, no matter who we're with, uh, no matter who's sitting in front of us or who's behind us, there's there's always going to be something that makes us passionate. Our passions, and I've had, a, I've had this conversation a lot lately where people say, you know, passion is, is, is fleeting, right? Because one day I like coloring, one day I don't, one day I like eating chocolate, one day I don't, one day I like, you know, uh, riding a bike, one day I don't your passions are somewhat fleeting where they change and that's okay for anybody watching. If you've got passion where you're absolutely passionate about, it is okay to change that. I think that's one of the things I wanted to talk about motivation is we get caught up in those passions and in our purpose and all of the things that we want to create. And then we get to a point where maybe we haven't created it the way that we wanted to, or maybe it's not a passion anymore. Maybe it doesn't motivate us anymore or inspire us anymore. That's okay. And I think everybody watching or catching the replay, give yourself some grace when that happens, forgive yourself and say, you know, that's okay. I'm going to focus on something else. I'm going to try something else. Doing the same thing over and over again, trying to get different results is the definition of insanity, right? So if you're not passionate about it anymore and it's not inspiring or motivating you, then change it up. Find what does. Well, we, one thing I say about that is that is passion is just like love to me. It's an uncontrollable, you know, emotion, but you know, we, as adults, we're leaving out the discipline portion of it. You know, we don't always love our spouse. We can love them, but they did something to piss you the hell off today. And so you're staying there from a discipline, from a, I chose to be here. So I'm going to be here. You know, your kid might piss you off or do something. I mean, they really do some things, especially when they become teenagers that really throw you out. It's not that you don't have love for them, but you're not acting in love at that time. So it's the same with passion. What are you passionate about that you also have the discipline and the wherewithal to withstand when the bad times come? Because love and passion is unexplainable. It's been unexplainable things happen and you're still around. That's the love. You know, or when you did something unexplainable for that person or with that person, that's the love part. That's what gets you over. But the other parts is like going to work. You know, you can be an engineer working a job. It doesn't mean you don't love being an engineer anymore, but certain parts of your job is going to be, I'm here because I'm a grown ass woman or man and I'm doing what I said I'm going to do. I'm being disciplined. I'm standing to my word. And then there's going to be some parts that I just love this. I can do this. and You don't even pay me. I still would do it. But that's not an everyday, all day thing. And I think that that's what nowadays we're looking for that because that's all the sound bites we get 
on social media. It's always, I love it, I love it, I love it. Nobody's talking about the parts of it that they hate. And those parts are just as prevalent. Yep. Speaking of that, there are, um, oh, I just lost it. I was going to say something. Um, we, oh, I hate it when that happens. I can't stand it when that happens. It's like this nugget, right? Um, with my kids. Oh, there's where I was going. With my kids. I have four kids. They range from age nine to 21. Mm. And I love, I will love them all the time. Absolutely. I love them all the time, but I don't like them all the time. <laughs> right. And it's, I tell them fun. that I said, I will always love you. You will always be my child, but I don't have to like your behavior. I don't have to like what you're doing. I don't have to like where you're at, but it's your life. Right. And so same thing goes for us. Right. We don't have to like where we're at. And Honestly, if we don't like where we're at, that's the universe or whatever, God, who, whatever, whoever telling you, hey, something's got to change. Well, it all depends now with people, because I think in a, in a macro sense, you're absolutely correct. But nowadays, everybody it's just one wrong thing. One thing happened wrong. And it's like throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like you're not going to love every part of your job. You're not going to love every part of your business. That's why business, and I really, one of the biggest things I talk about in business now is about being a real entrepreneur or being someone self-employed. Because when I'm coaching entrepreneurs and they're telling me these things about what who they don't want to serve or what type of business um, situation they don't want to do with them, I say, are you running a business or you just created a job? Because that's how people in the jobs talk. But this is not in my job description. But every entrepreneur that I've ever met that's successful, at some point, they were the janitor, which nobody likes to be the janitor. You know, they were the assistant. It was all of those things and CEO. Yeah. Until you got somebody else to do that job that you don't like, but they might love it. And they thrive at it. So in that space, you're creating opportunity for yourself. You know, you're creating opportunity for other people. And now you're an entrepreneur. You are, you're a parent of four. If you're working full time when you had your babies, you had to turn them over to somebody else that wasn't going to love on them like you. But to get the job done and go to work and that you had to do, and they still had to be cared for, you might have interviewed a babysitter, interviewed a daycare, made the best choice you had with the information you had, and you let them go ahead and keep that child, and you made the adjustments as it goes on. But we don't want to do that. Like commitments, we make commitments, we make decisions. People are not forcing us to do things. It's like the thing that made you fall in love with your husband that he's not doing 10 years later, you know, or, or as efficient, you know, that's not, that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to still love him. What he's might, he might have grown, he might not cook a lick when you met him 10 years ago. Now he knows how to cook five dishes. You know, but he's not looking like he looked 10 years ago as as good. But now I can count on him to cook me some food. Before, if I didn't cook, we starve. We have to look at that because things change. People are not people, businesses, none of that stuff are going to be at the same place as when you when you started. Yep. Um, I've been in business now for almost seven years. And there have been absolute droughts in my business. I've made changes. I've updated. I've rebranded. I've revamped. I've 
amalgamated and then I've separated so many different changes in the last seven years. People think it's probably whiplash, but, <laughs> but again, there have been times in my business and as a business mentor myself, because you and I have that in common, it's, you know, I look at it and my motivation in my business is I have knowledge that's going to change people's lives. Me going through some hard times during this entrepreneurial journey that's par for the course. That's part of it. I'm going to endure through those times so that I can get to that goal of changing people's lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the motivation. That's the passion. Does it mean enough for you to work at it and hold yourself accountable? What have I done yeah. today? What have I done yesterday? Am I putting the effort in that I'm expecting out of my business or out of my relationship or whatever you know, I can't come on these episodes. It's a conversation. I can't come on and just sit here going, <laughs> right? Like I gotta be, if, if I want engagement, I have to engage. Yeah. As you get, you get in it, what you put, you get out of it, what you put in it. And, and, and that's what it is. And I just don't like the people, like, again, my inspiration is, for, and my motivation is for people not to go through the hardships that I went through. We talked about it prior, you know, me being a felon for a long time, you know, not being graduating college on, you know, on the dean's list, not being able to get a job right at the college and going directly into entrepreneurship full time. That was hard. When that, those days, it wasn't no social media. Entrepreneurship was set for the crazy people. You know, they said, I mean, that's what they said. You were crazy. You did not go get a job, you know, and figure it out and not know that you're going to get a check every week, every two weeks or what have you. How do you plan? without having to check your bills come fast and furious every month on time. And you don't know if your money's going to be coming that way. You are crazy. You know, now it's just a fad, but that's hard to do. And then I don't come from a family that have money in my community is no support from financially. So it's like, Hey, what are you going to do? But I don't want to hold back that information to individuals that's coming behind me. Because it's my job to make it a little bit easier. Why I have children. So I want my kids to have to deal with entrepreneurs like me or better than me, you know, so that they're creating a better situation in their whole community. I tell people all the time, this is the most selfless thing you can do, become an entrepreneur, not a self-employed, an entrepreneur. Because when you have a business, it's creating opportunities for yourself and other individuals. And it's like a baby. So you're building up that baby to be a positive, you know, entity and force in, in society. So what is your building doing, your business doing for the society? How is it helping your community? You know, what is it, the problem that is solving? You know, and we haven't, we gotten so far away from the problem solving besides I need money and I want to run away from the big bad boss, man. So I'm going to create this skill. You know, I got a skill that might not even really be a, a billable skill or a scalable skill. You cook chicken, Good. And the people around you told you that you cook good um, you cook good chicken. So you leave your job to, to sell chicken. And now you're mad because it's not working. You know, how many people outside of your sphere of influence are going to like your fried chicken? Not many. OK, you might not need to sell fried chicken. It's not about you. Sometimes businesses are investing in something that's going to help the community, not just help you. This is a need. What you, your chicken, we don't need no more of your fried chicken. There's a hundred other people cooking fried chicken. So what is in your community that the people in your community need? And then as an entrepreneur, you create that, you know, fill that void 
and you change your whole community with it. Yep. Yep. I absolutely agree. It's, I, I did a pre-screening interview, I think yesterday. And one of the people that I, that I talked to was grew up in a very entrepreneurial family, right? My daughter is 13 going on 14. And she says to me, mom, you know, I'd like to start my own business or my son's girlfriend, mom, I want to start my own business. And it's like, yes, let's, let's figure it out. What are you into? What do you want to start? Right. I I've heard of, and I've met, there's a 19 year old that we interviewed last year who um, was 19, same age as my son at the time and had just bought his first house, had graduated college, owned his own business and just bought his first house. And like started his own business. And it was inspiring because our children can do that. Instead of becoming a YouTube star or a TikTok sensation or whatever, there's so many opportunities for them to find that passion and say, hey, I really like to do this. I'm going to do it a little bit differently um, and and create that. My husband and I are starting a business this this next week. um, And it's something nobody else is doing totally off the wall insanity and we're probably crazy for even starting it but we're doing it right and it's that passion and it's something it's comedic it's something that makes us happy and and you know we have an odd ridiculous sense of humor so we're just we're tapping into that right use your gifts figure out who you are what do you stand for what are your values how do those translate into something you're good at and what do the people around you need Absolutely. I want to give my children experiences that I never got because I came from a welfare family. Yeah. Yeah, Right. I was on welfare at one point. Yeah. As as, you know, my book, Morning Motivation, my third book, um, the subtitle Consistent Encouragement Through a Crisis. This is what we got to understand about motivation. We are not, it's not going to always be the rosy side. So, how do you consistently stay motivated no matter what the crisis is? You know, that's what I love about entrepreneurship. I was, I did, a, I had my own YouTube page and I was talking about a topic about, somebody asked me um, about small businesses in, in the U.S. and are, are they feeling away because of the economy? Are they losing faith? And I said, well, they shouldn't. Maybe the employee should, but if you're a business owner, you have no boundaries. You have no boundaries. So go to the other, go to the borders and shores of another country and do business. We're doing it now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody else, you know, I've just was on with someone in London. I was on with two people in Africa, different parts of Africa, Ghana and South Africa, not too long ago. Like, this is what happens. You know, so my books have transcended, you know, this place. And then now we're talking about consulting. I don't have to worry about the U.S. So we have to understand that. So we get crazy about crisis. When, when COVID hit, this would inspire me to write this book. I said, for entrepreneurs, it's always a COVID-19. It's always can be a tragedy to your business. You know, somebody has something really good in the stock market right now or or a couple of weeks ago that's tanking right now. And that's their whole business. This happens every other day in business. So how do we get immune to it and consistently stay motivated? But like you said, it's that passion and also it's that discipline. People don't want to hear that D word. You know, we made a choice. Do I say pivot if you need to? Yes. 
But that's a part of being honest with yourself because it's not going to always be cute. And once you start seeing that part, again, when your lady or your man gain a little weight, you can't be like you don't look the same as you was when you were 20. Well, y'all 40. You know? Being four kids later. Yeah, like... You, I'm going to look the same. Why, can't, why I got to be a size two if I have four of your kids? Basically, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's we're not being realistic. The yeah. discipline is she had four of my children. Now, if she smell now, now we got a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the business is smelling, smelling now. Then you got to make some adjustments. But certain things are going to happen. You're, you're, you're aging out. What made you feel good when you started the business 10 years ago is not what it is right now. And then a lot of times with entrepreneurs, especially, and people in general, we create something off of what, how we feel today what we're passionate about today. And we're not going to be passionate about that five and 10 years from now. So that kid that's getting out of college, that's starting that job at 22, 23 years old, that got a $50,000 salary, that $50,000 is going to feel like pennies to him 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. It's going to feel like pennies because that your bills are not going to be the same. Maybe you were in a, rack, a raggedy apartment, you know, and you got your car, your first car. Now you hate that car. Now you got a girlfriend. She wants you to spend some money. Y'all maybe had a child by that time. $50,000 was good for you. It's not good for that family of four no more. And so it's no way you keep trying to re bring that back, bring that whole, bring the old thing back. It doesn't fit for what, what your life is right now. I remember my first one bedroom apartment was $450. It's probably 800 now. You know, they and it don't even look the same. It don't even look as good as it looked when I got my apartment. But even just with inflation alone, I can't get over on, I can't even go get the same apartment and pay the same money. Yeah. That's life. Um, so going towards what you're saying here, and I love it because if something's changes, uh, I said it today in, in again, one of my pre-screenings is when shit hits the fan. Sorry, pardon my language. I do get good vocal when shit hits the fan though that's your encouragement right as an entrepreneur as a person as an everyday individual when shit hits the fan that's life telling you something's got to give you got to yeah. change you gotta you gotta switch gears you gotta try something new in 10 15 years if something you were doing 10 years ago it becomes popular again bring it back you've got the knowledge and experience but try yeah. something new yeah it's, 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 you know, we, we are still trying to reach back. Somebody told us that whatever was our glory days, we need to keep those glory days there. And we're not living life when we're doing that. You know, we're not living life and we're not being what I like to call um, flexible because I say flexibility is the one of the biggest things you need. I always say to my entrepreneurship, but now as I grow, it's in life because it's, it never goes the way that you plan. You know, like you might get the end result. You might say, I'm driving from this place to that place. And you're planning for a smooth ride. But here come the traffic. Here come the tire blowing out. Here come, you know, people just driving crazy. You don't even have to have an accident. Somebody, multiple accidents can be around you and it makes your, your drive bad. Maybe the person that's riding with you, you thought they were going to be a good passenger and they are a horrible passenger. They slept the whole time. They talk too much. They, you know, anything. They didn't smell so good. 
They smacked their gun while they're driving. It's so many things that could have made that ride hell. But this is the beautiful part of it. We have control over that because the destination is truly the shortest part of your journey. So we'll get to one destination and we're just happy at that destination, not knowing that your journey's still going. Once you get there, it's the next thing. Think of all your milestones. Graduated high school. Okay, we did that. That's it. You're already on to the next thing. The best part of high school was when you got there and the day before graduation. Then college, same thing if you went to college. It's the same situation. When you're done with college, you're like, what am I doing now? If the best part was the journey. When you're going, on, going someplace, all right, I've been here now. What's the next place? It happens that fast. Mm-hmm. Even with your children, you do something milestone with them. What's next, mom? They're not even, you like, or did you appreciate what I did? It wasn't about that. The beautiful part was that they experienced traveling with you, going someplace, doing something with you. Now it's on to the next thing. And we have to understand that that's what life looks like. And as long as we rob ourselves of that situation, and we're robbing the next generation, because as long as you're trying to stay in that little space, you're not going and seeing something else. So you can't give them the new knowledge about the new things that you've done. And you're holding yourself back. And we're blaming the world for it when nobody is actually holding our hands, holding, stopping us from doing anything. It's up to us and our mindset to let go and continuously be motivated to go higher. Yeah. Whatever higher is. Yeah. I I challenge everybody watching or catching the replay. If you have a goal in mind or a passion that you want to achieve, let's say for me, I'm, I'm overweight and I'm okay with it. I'm fine. Whatever. I like my food. Um, I sit here and I say, Hey, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds, whatever. Right. If I turn around and go, you know what? I'm, I'm happy the way that I am, but I could probably lose 50 pounds. I'm going to, I'm going to see how this goes and and what happens. Right. I'm going to enjoy the journey because I'm happy with who I am, but I'm going to try something new. If I say, no, I'm not happy with the way that I am. I'm not happy with the way that I look. And I'm not going to be happy until I lose that 50 pounds. You are destined to be unhappy because that level of happiness is not the goal. The level of happiness is is here and now. So don't, don't wait for that happiness until the goal is completed because you miss out on everything in between. And a lot of times it's not about you. It's about other people. You know, it's who you saw that's 50 pounds lighter. It's what you think your husband's going to say when you're 50 pounds lighter. It's what the response is going to be when you get a million dollars and nobody gives a damn that you made a million dollars. You know, like you're, it's always a thing. You know, you get this new outfit, you know, people, you know, they buy a new Gucci belt and then they got to tuck the belt behind it so people can see it. Like, well, who are you buying the belt for? You know, because if, if you're wearing clothes that don't show your belt, but you're going to buy a $500 belt, and now you have to change up how you wear your clothes in order for people to see that you have this belt on, what are we doing here? You know, like, like it's just that simple. So we're doing a lot of this stuff for people who are not paying attention to what the hell you're doing. So what now we have to internalize what it is, what our growth is. When we're growing, how are we growing for yourself? I've been here. This is a personal milestone of mine. And when I get here, this is what this is going to do for me. And if you can't say that, you don't need to do it. And you said it perfectly. You said, hey, 
I'm going to see how this journey is. But if you're you're not going to be happy until you get this, you're really putting yourself in a situation because I've seen it. People will have 700 credit without the job, but you got the job and have bullshit credit, you know? And it's like, oh, well, I feel better. No, you don't, you're, you're living bad. You, you got a bunch of money, can't get nothing. You got a bunch of money, can't get a house. But you got a little bit, I've seen people with $30,000. This is when I lived in South Carolina, because in most places it's a lot more expensive, but I've seen people make $30,000 a year and be able to buy a house. I've seen people make six figures in a business and can't buy a house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's realistic stuff. And you have to be honest with yourself and say, hey, is this what I need? I want you to have as much money as possible. But if you're not happy, then what? Happiness, and that's emotional, right? It's, yeah. it's all about emotional. Uh, I've said this a hundred times and I will say it a hundred more. Your emotional health is number one. Identity is even better than that. Your identity is number one, but your emotional health, if you are not happy and you don't have to be happy all the time. So I'm going to just caveat that right there. You don't have to yeah. be happy all the time. You're not going to be, but your emotions are what screw with your mental health and your mental health screws with everything else. So when you get your emotions under control, you can start to get your mental health under control. If you have the goal, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in six months. Um, let's say you, you get that goal, right? I'm going to be happy when, and I, I love this concept. I'm going to be happy when I lose 50 pounds in six months, I'm going to lose 50 pounds nothing's going to fit. I'm going to feel awkward. I look funny. My kids are going to tell me, mom, like what is wrong with you? I'm not staggy, like chin, knuck. I don't know, like whatever. But then you've got all these other problems on top of that, that are going to stack and go, well, I'm still not happy. So I need a new goal. Maybe I'll lose another 20 pounds or, you know, maybe I'll gain back 20 pounds or whatever that looks like. Until you can be happy with where you're at, even if you are in the dredges, you're in the mud, you're drowning in whatever it is that's going on in your life, you have to find a way to control those emotions and be happy with who you are and who you want to become. Yeah, it's, it's a, I love what you said about that because, they, they, you know, I think that we miss that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And not being happy where you are, being in the dumps from a perspective of, oh, I'm not trying to get anywhere. But you definitely got to be happy with you. You got to stop downplaying yourself and and, and judging yourself. I, I tell people all the time my story about, you know, I, I remember getting a house, a very small house, but I got a 3,000 square foot office building not too, not too long after that. And I had to, my teen, she's a teenager now, but my daughter, I would go to friends' houses and they had big houses. And my daughter would say, why we don't have a house like that? But I started understanding, like, we, it was times I was chasing what other people were doing. I was listening to other people. I remember sitting there being in my in-laws. I remember buying, I mean, getting an apartment, a crappy apartment, because first of all, I'm staying with them. Well, we're about to stay with them. There's like, all right, we, you got to find a place. Okay, we get a place real quick. So I get that a place. And then now, the next two months later, I introduced me to a realtor talking I need to buy a house. And then, so... Then I go get a bigger condo paying $600 more when I didn't need to. And then I'm doing that. And it's like, it's never enough for nobody. And so once it started being enough for me, I'm saying, you know what? This is going to be okay for us. No matter, because I'm a full-time entrepreneur at the time. Wife wasn't working. 
hey, I know no matter how bad off I'm doing, we're not going to lose this house. Nobody's not going to come and put no notices on my door. When the money came, I didn't worry about that house because that's not making me no money as long as I'm living there. I'm going to go ahead and invest in something that's going to make me money. Years after that, I created opportunities for other individuals to have their businesses there and then create other money stream opportunities out of that same investment that put us in a situation to live in a house that we want to live in years later. But it literally took me being okay with walking in my friend's bigger house, my other friend's bigger house, my family member's bigger house, not caring what other people was doing. And my finances were way better because of it. So I know from both sides, I moved every time somebody else had something negative, it had to be somebody of importance or what it seemed like being important. But whenever they had a negative thing to say about something we were doing, we made adjustments and that sucked. Yep. And you cannot like where you're at. Absolutely. If you're living in the dumps and you say, I don't like where I'm at, but I love me and I'm going to get myself out of this, right? That's the emotional, mental, that that right there is my smart. I have a smarter method. It's called the smarter method. It's an acronym. That is literally the method that every person can take to build a strong identity of who they are, a strong mental health, and a way to get them always where they want to go because they'll know how to do it step by step. That's like the rock star method, which is what you learn in today's sponsor. <laughs> you learn the rock star method that teaches you how to control your emotional health. That doesn't mean you don't feel like shit. That doesn't mean you don't feel down every so often. You know, you your dog dies, feel down, cry, yeah. be sad. <laughs> Somebody pisses you off or hurts your feeling. Allow it. Be sad. Let yourself feel it, but don't drown in it. And don't let it stop you from motivating. Use it, right? Somebody tells you, you don't have, you, your house is too small. Well, you might think my house is too small, but no. And then use it. Use that, use that, that emotion, use that energy, use what you're feeling to propel you forward, right? I like to say negativity is like a springboard. It shows you when it's time to persevere. It shows you when to be better, to grow, to change. That's when you learn to move forward. If you can do that without the, the negativity, you're golden. Yeah, it's, it's you know, we got to learn how to, I, I put in my, my, my fourth book, my book babies, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about when it's raining and two people getting caught in the rain at the same time or two people getting caught in a traffic jam at the same time. You see one person in a traffic jam, got their music going and they're just having a good time. And the other person is cursing and pissed off, and honking the horn. Their whole day is messed up. They're both in the same traffic. You decide how you take it, how you handle it. Somebody's in the rain. They're walking down the same street. Some, both of them have, don't have an umbrella. Somebody dancing in the rain, the other person cursing everybody out. You know, like... It's the same rain. You're not being singled out. You're not the only person that's going through an issue. And that's my that was my biggest thing. I thought it was it was just me. But when I started talking to other individuals and they understood where I was going, it didn't feel like I was being singled out. So I was like, all right, I can do this. I can overcome this. And that's the whole premise of what I do. I won't starve and you won't starve. My trainings I do, you won't starve. It's teaching other people to do the same situation. I got a mantra that I understood that you know, the platform I, live, I leap from is more important than the platform I land on. What did I create? 
What, what is this about me that I can go in any place and still be able to live at a level that I'm living? That's my platform. And so that I can boldly say I won't starve. Now, my job now is to make sure other people feel the same way by saying, hey, you won't starve. What's your platform? I started to know myself in that space. And I'm like, I'm not worried about, I know what my bank account looked like. I'm not worried about the house, which I love my house and I'm no longer there, but it's, I still own it. And somebody else is in there now. So now it's make, I'm making money off of it. But I ended up loving my house. I wanted to cry when I left my house because it's my house. But I understood the significance of that house when I got it. And I, I knew what I was looking at. I knew what I was facing. I knew like people were going to say that. I'm driving in a nice car after a while. Hey, I'm still pulling up to this house. You know, now we're driving in two nice cars. Oh, you still pull up to this house. That's fine. It's okay. But this building that we pull up to, that's bigger than, you know, other people's houses. I'm making money every day out of this. So I'm not where I don't got to explain nobody and say anything about that until I wrote my last book. I just said, I don't want to tell nobody about what I'm doing. I'm not, talking, I'm not bringing the negativity. I'm not inviting it. I don't need your opinions. And we have to stop letting people speak on our lives. Mm -hmm. You got to stop doing it. You know, you um, take crit criticism or constructive criticism. I, I want to get away from criticism um, because you shouldn't be criticizing nobody anyway. But, you know, advice, if somebody's telling you the truth, in love, truly in love, not just because they want to be a, a, a bee or, or, or asshole, you know, like, hey, take it. If it's real, you look over, I, I, I appreciate you doing that. And now move on. But it's certain people that's going to be around you that's going to have something to say and want to judge you just because. Those are people you need to not be around. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. And remember that your motivation is always going to be centered within you. You're your own motivation. Your goals are your motivation. Your experiences are your motivation. While we think our kids are our motivation, we're the ones who have the lasting life with our goals, with our emotions, with all of the things that we're trying to achieve that stays with us. All right. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going? No. Um. Thank you again. I, this is a great conversation. I, I actually didn't expect to have such a good intellectual conversation, but you know, my my book babies are here. This is where if somebody want to find me. Uh, uh, my philosophies they're there. I still believe in the medium. I know not enough of us don't read like we used to, like we should. But I believe in passing down gems in the book. So um, again, thank you so much for the opportunity and for the conversation. This is Iron Sharp as Iron. So my, my afternoon is going to be real good. Good. I'm glad. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. If you want to get in touch with Jay Haleem or myself, please go check the links in the description of this episode. You can find us all across social media. Um, if you'd like to be a guest speaker, if you want to be a blogger, a sponsor, or if you want to see a topic featured on the show, please, please, please reach out to us at justalivetv.com or find us across social media. All right. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And you were right. It was a gem of a conversation. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. Lots of love, everybody.